Hey, Scott Graves here, creator of the Kestrel Files, jumping in here to tell you that this show has joined the Apollo Plus program. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where subscribers can help support some cool fiction podcast creators like Tal Manier, Bloody FM, Ransom Productions, and me. Apollo Plus shows are ad-free and I've got some pretty cool bonus content. And if that sounds cool, you can join Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcast app on Android or iOS, or by going to apollopodcast.com. Again, that's apollopodcast.com or through the Apollo Podcast app on iOS and Android. Thanks for the support. You're listening to a Gravestone Production Podcast. Welcome to our solar system. The year is 2373 standard Earth time. Humanity has colonized the planets and brought with them the omnipresent artificial intelligence known as Kestrel. Today, we dive deeper into Kestrel's memory banks to explore the worlds through her ears. Let us continue our journey now. Audio log 8 of Operation Ghost Touch. We prepared Kennedy's body for a funeral today. We locked it inside an artificial storage container so that hopefully it doesn't decompose. Kennedy left us a note at some point asking their body to be left among the stars. We plan on honoring that. I have in my cabin their dog tags and a handwritten note that they left for their daughter. It's... (laughs) Kennedy asked that one of us take care of Ariel when we get back. I hope... You can hear me, Kennedy, but I'll do it. I don't have a family of my own, but I promise to take care of her upon my return. Okay. I gotta focus. Mission. Focus on the mission. Okay. Senate and I are headed to the mountains in an hour or so, so I'll do a part two of this if we find anything interesting. This is Dr. Ryland here. We are on our expedition to the mountains and about two and a half hours across the desert from where we landed the trailblazer and uh, we found signs of intelligent life. Again, not intelligent life itself, but we found what looks like the remains of whoever left behind these obelisks. We are standing in front of a carved stone door into the mountains. It's been carved with rudimentary tools. It's kind of rough around the edges. Uh, but the frame of the door depicts some sort, some symbols of some sort. It seems to fashion a language. I, I've taken photos from the return, and Senate is now bemoaning the fact that we don't have an anthropologist on this mission. But, whew, we never foresaw this. What we thought to be a comet that may support life turns out to possibly be half a planet that split in half and went rogue. Why did it split in half? Hopefully the answers lie inside this mountain. There are no bodies here. The only conclusion I can come to is that whatever these creatures were like, they were relatively short. The tunnel ceilings are all roughly five feet tall. Both Senna and I have to crouch slightly, and it's kind of killing our backs, but there's more. The creatures appear to be mammalian. We've found cribs, and there are clothes left behind. The clothes have two arms, two legs, and a tail hole. 
They have lots of stone tools and a variety of wooden ones as well. The wood also, strangely, is a carbon-based wood. It's not like the wood that is part of the trees currently on the asteroid, which supports the theory that this planet suffered a violent heat death and then used to sustain carbon-based life before that. But if that's the case, then why did the wood not burn when the rest of the planet seemingly did? I'm very confused by it, so expect future parts of this log. We've got a picture here that we found, or an artist's depiction at least, of what these people looked like. They did have two arms and two legs and a muscular tail. Their skin is a light gray, or was a light gray, and they had a pair of long, thin horns that sprout over monolid eyes and the long, thin features. What's that? Senate says they're very attractive people, according to the pictures. I'm taking several of these documents back with us. I'll also bring as many artifacts of this stuff as possible. Okay, the most interesting thing we have found is that this people apparently were a very religious community. Uh, we found no evidence of technology post maybe the Bronze Age. Again, not my field, but I know a few concepts. The reason we say deeply religious is the largest rooms we have found all seem to bear resemblance to cathedrals. There are benches, a forward pew, and there are stone murals all throughout here. A notable thing is the cathedral contains a star map with different constellations mapped out. I took several pictures. If we assume it's accurate, we could potentially figure out its original position, like the the where this what star this planet originally orbited. We also found in the cathedral room, as we're calling it, several copies of the same scroll, and also we found a scroll that depicts the obelisks. They look to be diagrams and building constructions, and the pages filled with more of these symbols that Senate described as mystic adjacent. It could be they are mystic symbols in just a different dialect. Again, not my field, but the pictures depict rituals involving these obelisks, so they must be some point of worship. The only one that is most detailed and most interesting to us, at least, is to depict several officials pointing at the stars while what look like the common folk worshipping at these pillars. It's a very elaborate ritual, but it seems to be oriented towards a very large star and a very small star. The scroll was open to this page too, so maybe it has some significance. I haven't been able to figure out what they worship, however, but Sendis suggested it's something astrological in nature. We found another really cool room. These people had built a telescope. We found a stairway in a room behind the cathedral that wound up for several hours, and we found it leads to the top of the mountain. It's a little observatory. We pulled on these ropes hanging around the room and opened wooden panels that exposed the sky. It's amazing. We also found star charts, and the telescope is maybe a four or five time magnifier. It's not super powerful, but it's enough, I guess, you know? Kennedy knows... Or, knew more about that than us. So I think I'm going to end the log here before it gets too long. Uh, Senate and I have so many pictures of this place and we'll put it all on the drives for home as well as we'll bring as much stuff as we can back with us. This whole place is definitely worth a second trip or two. Dr. Ryland, out.
Hey, Scott Graves here, creator of The Kestrel Files. I just wanted to say that this show has joined the amazing Apollo Plus program. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where subscribers can help support a bunch of shows like Mars Fall, Wireland Ranch, Someone Dies in This Elevator, and this one. You can listen to shows ad-free and get tons of premium bonus content on over 40 shows. For us sci-fi people, I recently listened to Mars Fall, and they have a whole miniseries, interviews, and albums of the show's unique score on there. All of it for $10 a month. That's like having a Patreon account to 40 podcasts for the price of one. On top of that, 70% of your subscription goes directly to creators. This support helps us with getting these shows produced. I know every penny that I earn through this program goes straight into the next season's budget. And let me tell you, as an indie podcaster, every cent helps us keep doing what we love and helps keep the content flowing on a faster timeline. You can join Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcast app on Android or iOS or by going to apollopods.com. Again, that's apollopods.com, or through the Apollo Podcast app on iOS and Android. Thanks for the support.